0: you've been warned broadcasting from an undisclosed location this is real spoilers episode uh, we'll call it an annual issue we don't really have an episode for this one since it's going on the patreon uh so today i'm actually lucky enough to be joined by Derek gould uh for those of us in st louis you know that Derek gould is the uh one of the main guys that writes for the the post-dispatch about the st louis cardinals uh, our local baseball team but Side note, Derek is also kind of a huge comic nerd. Derek, uh, why don't you tell the guys and gals where they can find you on the internet?
1: Hopefully not well. No, <laughs> I'm joking. Uh,
0: at stltoday.com is where all the
1: work is. Uh, you know, that's the St. Louis Post-Dispatch website, so stltoday.com. Uh, then there's also Twitter, which is at DGould, um, D-G-O-O-L-D, which probably tells you about how long I've been on Twitter. And long then enough, Long enough, I get it. Yeah, I think it's a decade now. You might be actually <laughs> talking to oh yes, yeah, shortly after a decade. Um, and then uh, and then uh, on Facebook as well, there's a page on Facebook um, for the blog that I've written since uh, well since 2005 actually um, called Birdland. So it's uh, Derek Wool Birdland, um, and you can find it there on Facebook, and that's a place where. Uh, about spring training through the regular season um, into the postseason, that place gets humming with uh, comments and coverage and all types of stuff, some multimedia stuff, things like that.
0: It's a, it's a fantastic read. Well, thanks. Like, I, I, yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, just to get the Real Spoilers housekeeping stuff out of the way, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, at Real Spoilers, Real with Two also same deal with Twitter. Uh, and then, so, kind of what I wanted to do is, so I guess to give the folks a background, You actually moved into the house that was two houses down from where I grew up, uh, and that's kind of how we met. Uh, My dad was friends with you, and uh, it became very apparent that uh, I was into comics and you were into comics. So I I feel like I wanted to kind of pick your brain a little bit about uh, maybe the state of comics today, where you where your love of comics kind of started, what you're reading sure. kind of artists and writers that influenced you. And I think obviously we have to touch on, uh, the passing of Stan Lee. So start, start me off at the beginning. What's the, what's the first comic book you read? The first comic book I read, boy, I'm not sure.
1: Um, it probably would have been like that. I read was probably an Archie comic. Okay. Maybe that my dad had lying around. Um, maybe, uh, a Superman comic that my grandpa had lying around, something along those lines. First comic I bought with my own money, um, I remember where I was, how old I was, uh, <laughs> South Boulder Road in Lafayette, right across the street from lovely Centaurus High School, go Warriors. Okay. I bought Amazing Spider-Man 270, which is, for those who don't know the cover right off the top of their head, it's Spider-Man in his black costume. And he yep. is wailing away on Fire Lord.
0: Uh, Very good. That That is, yes. Yeah.
1: And uh, I bought that comic. It was less than a dollar. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it was 65 cents. Um, and uh, so less than a dollar even with tax. <laughs> and um, I bought that. I read it that day. I read it again that day. I read it again that day. And I said, you know what? I am going to buy a comic a day for 30 days. Is that, a, is that real? Uh, yeah, that's real. I, uh. And you did, did you do it? I don't know if I did. I got pretty close. I think, I think long about day 21, <laughs> it dawned on me that another Spider-Man wasn't coming out. Oh, sure, that sure. That this was a monthly thing. And so, um, so I, you know, I bought Captain America, but I did put away change, you know, so I had, uh, stacks of change. And here's where the worlds collide. Yeah. Is I would keep stacks of change to buy newspapers um ah. and uh so um I would get uh, the box scores every morning for baseball okay. and I would go down to the single copy box and buy uh um buy, buy whatever newspaper I could afford. So I had change and uh and, and I just kind of re-diverted so instead of getting two newspapers in the morning I would get one and then I would <laughs> um you know save up the change or save up the dollars and I would go get a Slurpee and a comic book at 711.
0: Do you remember the name of your shop, the comic book shop that was like your go to growing up?
1: Yeah. OK. So um, when I the where I bought that comic was not a comic shop. It was kind of a hallmark slash gifties slash crafties place that happened to have a comic book rack,
0: Those, which don't exist anymore, unfortunately,
1: which don't. Yeah. And yeah.
0: then 7-Eleven were
1: right across not too far right across the road tracks from the middle school I went to had uh, Slurpees, of course, and a comic book rack. Okay. And then the grocery store, um, and this was the big coup, the grocery store that we all went to, that my parents went to, had comics in their magazines. Oh. So, so like, for example, like the Punisher limited series with the Mike Zeck covers,
0: Absolutely, right? yeah, well. yeah, his, his first kind of... Uh, first series i guess
1: yeah yeah with jigsaw yeah. and the amazing art in that and the and the weird numbering where it said number one of a four issue limited series yes
0: yes exactly
1: number two of a five number <laughs> yeah. three of a five <laughs> they're like oh this is
0: really popular we should just try to extend this to an actual yeah. series
1: yeah and then they had number four of a four and number five <laughs> of a five which was
0: fascinating <laughs> but those i all bought the all of
1: those i bought off the rack at the uh at the supermarket okay uh, and then you know my my same with uh same with the last hunt Craven's last hunt oh
0: what a and fa- no, that that is that's one of those books that I came into later mm-hmm. uh because I was a DC kid forever and Marvel was just like my buddy read Marvel and I was like ugh no thank you yeah yeah uh but yeah as I got older I was like oh this is kind of for older kids like Marvel to me was always like that step up in storytelling not yeah. to, you know downplay the DC stuff but no I you get know get that you like. The Death of Gwen Stacy or, uh, you know, the Dark Phoenix Saga, like those big stories weren't really being told at D.C. probably until the 80s. Yeah. When you got the Frank Miller and the Alan Moores that showed up.
1: Yeah. yeah. So
0: growing up, I was always I was a Superman. Like I even to this day, like you put that I've said before, you put that red and yellow S on a cover like I'm buying the book. Like Really? Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. So I, I was the opposite. Oh, okay. You go put on. The red and yellow S on it I was not buying. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it was tough like as a as a reader, I don't know. I've been reading since I was a a kid when they made him blue. Yeah. And I was like, "Ugh, no, I'm done." And then they brought him back. I was like, "All right, I'm back." And then they rebooted the whole thing. And I was like, "Ugh. I guess I'm sticking through this and seeing what happens." And now yeah. I get Brian Bendis on a Superman book. So I feel Congratulations. like Congratulations. Thank you very much. It was uh, you know, it was touch and go there for a little bit. It was uh, yeah. it was tough as a Superman fan.
1: Yeah, Spider-Man's like that for me. I mean, I uh, so I bought that issue Amazing Spider-Man 270. I have had it hanging in my office and framed for a long time. Um along you know, just because that that issue meant a lot to me and I bought sure. every I bought every Amazing Spider-Man
0: sets. Um, so you stuck through the Clone Saga and yeah, everything. Yeah,
1: except for except for a one year um period maybe one and a half year when I got out of college and was trying to, you know, start my career and try to grow up. Um, and also <laughs> did, didn't, did cause you asked, you know, did I have a comic shop? Um, yeah, I did eventually, uh, cause you know, you could buy uh, comics and you probably saw them here, but there would be the advertisements for mile high comics. The world. Absolutely. Of, yeah. Uh, I grew up 20 minutes from there, 20 minute drive. Uh. They have posts. Um, however, didn't get to go there until I got a car. <laughs> the comic shop that I did go to go to, which is still awesome, um, is Time Warp in Boulder. And it was okay. on Pearl Street. And every month they would have comic auctions. And Ooh. if you went and got your file, they had a pull file back then. I mean, look, this is this is so long ago that I bought Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number two off the rack.
0: Do you still have at
1: it? Time Warp. I do.
0: Yeah, um, out of the way. There we go.
1: Um, Off the rack there. Because they said, yeah, hey, man, the first one sold out so fast. Maybe that's something you'd be interested in. And I think I got like the third or fourth printing of number one. Okay. Um, but you which know, which is
0: still hard to come by. Those aren't easy. No, they're not. To get a hold of.
1: No, but Wayne is the guy who ran Time Warp and uh, Wayne still runs Time Warp. It's not on Pearl Street, but it's still in Boulder. It's on 28th Street. Um, I encourage anybody listening who can to go there and say hello to Wayne. Um, he probably, he, it's funny when I go in now, because I'll take in my son Okay. Um, when we go visit Colorado, and my son looks like me at the age I started going there. So there's like a glimmer of recognition. It's a legit time warp. It is a legit time <laughs> yeah. warp. Uh, but I always say hi to Wayne, and he's like, who the heck is this guy? Right on, right on. <laughs> this is great. Like,
0: this kid looks kind of familiar, but I don't really yeah. recognize the other guy.
1: But during the auction, um, you got a discount on your poll. If you had a poll... And you came in during the auction. Um, I don't remember what the discount was, but you got a discount. Um, and my dad was cool with that. He, uh,
0: he I bet that he was. was
1: a yeah. Really cool thing. <laughs> so I once a month I could go in and uh, if I saved up my allowance, we would go in during the auction and um, buy my by my pull file. And then so I would the, it's, it's, it's
0: to weird read. to think about that. Like I have so I've kind of started to make the jump to digital a little bit. Mm. uh because I have so many comics that it's 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 a little ridiculous
1: yeah uh, I me too
0: yeah so it's it's just interesting that there is this whole generation, probably the generation after mine that may not know like going in you, you know my so i i go to a shop here in town um for the most part, but like there's a whole like it was like a it was a weekly thing like it was a a ritual to you know mm-hmm. you, you hook up with your buddies. You take five bucks, you go down to the comic shop, and you see what you can get. Uh, and I just think I – th- I find it interesting that that ritual is kind of disappearing.
1: Yeah. And that ritual meant a lot to me when I moved to St. Louis, to be honest. Um, you know, I moved to St. Louis uh, to work for the Post-Dispatch. Um, my wife was from St. Louis. I'm not, as probably can deduce, from <laughs> St. Louis. Um and, uh, and it was tough. Um, you know, I, my wife uh, had to finish her job where we were, which was Colorado. So we were leaving Colorado, my home, to come to her home. Sure. And we were leaving the newspaper that I grew up reading and I was working for in a dream job to come here for somewhat of an unknown. Um, and
0: and you went straight to the post.
1: I, I did, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's what brought me here. That was part of the gig. Okay. Uh, but it was, you know, to cover the blues, and I just didn't. That's how I met your dad. Sure. Uh, and I, uh, I, you know, I didn't quite have much footing here. I had some college friends, of course, here, but I, I, but I'd always, always kind of been satellite to St. Louis. And now here I was living in St. Louis. And one of the things I did was I'm like, you know what? I, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get back into comic books. I've always found warmth there. I've always yeah. enjoyed reading them. Um, I enjoy the culture of a comic shop. Um, I said, I'm going to find one. And I, I happen to, have one that wasn't too far from where we live which and was? so star clipper okay. the original okay.
0: location uh, mine mine is star clipper now oh, okay the yeah the star original clipper, yeah. location of star clipper which
1: was off of uh forest park
0: sure
1: i don't know if you remember that before it moved oh, to elmar
0: no so i only knew it in delmar
1: yeah no no this is see this is how long ago it is for me <laughs> i mean it was just a hole in the wall off of uh off of forest park parkway
0: Okay. Um, there okay. was a
1: French shop and a Domino's pizza and a hair salon.
0: And, well, what uh, more could you want next to a comic shop? Really?
1: Yeah, I didn't visit
0: the other ones. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, you know, maybe I sh- should have. I guess um, maybe pizza every so on. but not um, that do-
0: Domino's was gross back then. You didn't want that.
1: I don't really, I don't really agree with that statement.
0: Oh, bold, bold pizza statement. I like yeah. it. You liked it, the old Domino's, huh?
1: Yeah, I was all right with it.
0: All right, that's that's weird.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well.
0: <laughs> it's all right. Um the yeah, i don't like it now like i'm not asking like them to deliver
1: old pieces of you pizza.
0: don't you don't want new coke brought to your house is what you're saying oh i wouldn't mind some new coke what is happening right now
1: that would not be that would be i mean you you know seven up gold are you too young no. seven i, I up remember gold.
0: pepsi clear does that count
1: yeah crystal pepsi is what yeah, it's
0: yeah yeah right right
1: yeah yeah it's <laughs> great it <straight>, <laughs>
0: yeah, um, no one this no been... one
1: insults crystal pepsi i'm sorry
0: life. i apologize do you remember that ad do you remember the ad for crystal clear pepsi I I, I don't. With Sammy Hagar, with right, they they would play right now. Oh, yeah. It was like the super slow mo of them pouring crystal clear Pepsi into a, you know, like the the choice of a new generation. Like, I don't think that's anybody's choice, but we'll drink it. Like, if if you say it's all right. And in St. Louis, if you have Sammy Hagar as your front man, like, yeah, that's going to be a thing that's going to happen.
1: Yeah, see, okay, so that was part of it was St. Louis was, I mean, you know, St. Louis, you know, I, I had no answer for the questions that they would ask me. What high school like do you high, go to? <laughs> what high school I went to. if I go to? If I said Centaurus, I got a lot of quizzical looks. So and, you
0: said that, and I was like, where is that? I don't even know where that is. Yeah, no one could figure <laughs> that out.
1: And so, anyway, so yeah, I got into the, I found a comic shop. I got into the ritual, ritual of going once a week. It became a really nice little refuge and uh, made friends through it and got to know people um, as a result of it. You know, my son, when he was, uh, you know, I mean, still still an infant, sure. would go to the comic shop on my shoulder, drooling on my shoulder.
0: My um, daughter was the put, same way.
1: And now walks to the comic shop on his own. So. Is he a reader? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: He had, what's his favorite?
1: What's his favorite title? Oh, or uh-huh. character, either or. Um, He is, uh, well, you know what, he has graduated, he he was of the Deadpool generation. Ugh. So, well, no, let me finish. Fair uh, enough. Okay. He, uh, he's of the you know, the adults find Deadpool funny. I want to like Deadpool, too.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Does that make sense? Yes, and, it does, yes. Uh, and so through Deadpool, he's become fascinated with Cable.
0: Okay. And, like, I, I, Cable was, like, in my wheelhouse. Like yes. I'm, an, I'm a nine, eight, late 80s, late early 90s kid, so I get, like, the...
1: Lots of pockets.
0: Lots of pockets and belts and, uh, you know, no feet, because, yeah. you know, some people don't like to draw feet. Right. Right. Uh, Right. But yeah, so I get that. I totally get that.
1: So he's in a cable. He really digs, and it's really good. The Darth Vader series.
0: It's fantastic, right?
1: It's really strong. That that's, uh, is that. That's, that's Charles Soul
0: and Giuseppe Camicoli? Yep, yep. It's fantastic. So, so yeah. good. Yeah,
1: he has. Uh, he has monopolized that. I don't see that anymore. <laughs> um, he, he also um, likes like some of the Teen Titans titles. I gave uh, up. Yeah, he, he's I was a on
0: it until uh, the Jeff Johns run. I was with it. I thought yep. that was fantastic. Uh, and then the once they got rid of like Tim, Tim Drake, the Robin and Connor, the Superboy, like that core group, I quit.
1: Like when this they is a conversation David... you should have with him? I oh, don't... really? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No. Okay, okay so that.
0: they had they Robin, Superboy, Wonder Girl, Kid Flash, right? Like okay. those are your, and then they they sprinkled in. The original cyborg starfire and Beast boy right so you've got like the new generation mixed with the old generation okay and it was great and then they rebooted the whole universe and they added Damien who I think is a unless Grant Morrison is writing the character nobody else should write him because it's terrible yeah and I and then like I aged out of the Teen Titans yeah yeah he's but he, he's yeah he's right he's right there right yeah he's right in
1: it and uh you know, and he he latches onto some things, you know, like I thought he'd like Black Badge. Um you know and oh, okay. he's he's weighted into that a little bit. Um you know, and he's he has um I'll, I'll tell you what he had what he did read. Um he pulled up a box of my G.I. Joe comics. The from Larry my Hamm-a stuff? The Larry Ham. Ooh Yeah. Um and that run in Marvel and he has been reading those.
0: That's a good run. That's a really good run.
1: It's incredible. Yeah. Um, there are some incredible stories in there.
0: That does not get talked about enough cuz I feel like GI Joe has kind of I don't want to say disappeared, but it's it's there's a generational gap. Yeah. Like that GI Joes and like the Marvel like the you remember the old uh like Secret Wars figures. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like those and the Superpowers figures like that, you know, those were my those are my jam. Yeah. So like once those kind of went away, I feel like the GI Joes stopped coming out as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, they still come out every so often. Or they that? had a they had a revival. Okay, um, of the original like not too long ago. Little ones or the big ones. No, of the three and three quarter. Yeah, that's the way to do it.
1: That's yeah, good stuff. with the articulated kung fu grip, man. Absolutely. <laughs> um, they had those, and my son was just old enough to appreciate them, and I and I also had some that like. Like, uh, I would give to him at Christmas and stuff like that from when I was a kid.
0: Different from uh, comics or figures?
1: Figures. Figures. Okay,
0: okay. Yeah, that was, you know, growing up in that house, my dad, it would drive him crazy because I never had, like, the, uh, like, case to put them in. You know, you could put the figures in the individual little slots. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. So they were just everywhere. Uh, So my dad tells a horror story. He's like, you know, when I was a kid. I left my comic books everywhere. And my mother said if you don't clean these up, I'm gonna throw them away. Well, what didn't he do? Didn't clean them up, so she threw them uh, away. Would yeah. you care to know what was inside that collection?
1: Oh, I'm sure some great ones.
0: Yeah. Uh Fantastic Four number one. Wow. Uh The Incredible Hulk number one. That's uh it. Amazing yeah. Fantasy fifteen existed in that collection i'd like that one yeah me too i think that we i think i have a reprint somewhere which is close as i'm gonna get uh but yeah like that's i find that funny (laughs) my dad was just like you clean these up or you throw them or i'm throwing them away and i was like well he might just do it so i should probably get these off the floor yeah yeah
1: yeah we we have the same similar
0: conversations (laughs) so obviously i I don't want to step out of line but i I am assuming you're a spider-man guy that's your dude yeah through and through Yep. Who who on that book? Like, if you could create a dream team of past or current creators, who on who would you put on a an amazing Spider Man book?
1: Uh, um, that's a great question. Um, I I I'm gonna somewhat cop out because okay. I have appreciated the variety
0: that that book has brought. Sure.
1: Um, especially like I mean, you look just recently, right? Like Dan Slott ran it forever.
0: Can I can I can I then say that he ran it a little bit too long?
1: I think he did. I yeah. mean, yeah, I think, I think, I wonder if he would even say that. Um, <laughs> you know, judging by
0: how he reacts to people on Twitter, he might not. Oh, he might defend it to his dying breath.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, there needs to be some self-realization too that goes into being a writer. Not I that agree. I know anything about that. But, no, you'd have no idea. You know, I like what Nick Spencer has done. Um, and I, I think like, like Nick Spencer's run. Doesn't have the same buoyancy so far. Does it not come if it didn't come after Dan Slott? Does that make oh, sense? Oh, sure.
0: Yes, it does. So, like, yes, the yes. variety
1: of writing really is, is important. Um, I think, you know, I mean, art-wise, art-wise, it's far easier for me. Um, it, uh, I, my, my favorite, um, my favorite, ugh, this is tough. It is. <laughs> so, John Romita Jr., I think, is amazing. Yeah, and I think I like the family connection to the title. I like uh, you know all that uh, you know just the whole history there. I really like how he came into his own when they kind of restarted Spider Man
0: with the Straczynski run. Right, with
1: the Straczynski run, and he drew it, and that that was probably the most rewarding run of writer artist combo. That got me back into Spider Man. Yeah,
0: I was I had I had left. It was good. Was it John? Did John Byrne reboot it? Was it that that Spider Man chapter one? Yes. That's when I quit. Like I quit at the clone saga where they're like, oh, the Spider Man that you thought was Spider Man the whole time? Like that you're all of these stories that you've loved, that's not really Spider Man. Yeah. Like it's 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 a different guy. And then when they rebooted it, I was just I, I had I at that point I was like, Girls don't find comics cool. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like I quit. I never had that issue so. No, right quit. on. Okay. <laughs> I didn't either. I just assumed that once that opportunity came ab- about, yeah. it wouldn't be cool to have comic books laying around the house or your room.
1: See, I think the the edge that I had and may and I don't want to may I I shouldn't assume this, but the edge that I had is I drew. Oh. And so I drew comics and okay. would not just comic books, but cartoons. And I would draw editorial cartoons. and For a paper so, or
0: just for fun? Uh,
1: for any of it. For contests, okay. for newspapers. I, I, uh, my fondness for newspapers begins with my wish to start an elementary school newspaper at my elementary school. So I could draw the cartoon for it of Prince the Cat.
0: Is that your creation?
1: That was my creation, Prince Tra- the Cat.
0: Trademark Derek Gould. We're going to trademark it right now. Oh, yeah. Well, it, it didn't last long. <laughs>
1: I grew up into it. But, but I drew cartoons, um, and, and I could, and I, I mean, I can still, I still draw, um, I really enjoy drawing, um. You just had you know, something
0: put on a wall at a comic shop, didn't you? I did not draw that, though. Oh, okay, okay. Jim Mosley okay. drew that.
1: Okay. Um, and Jim Mosley also drew the comic that I wrote, uh, um, ah. but, but I, uh, but every so often I'll, I'll draw, like, my son has drawings that I did for him up on, up in his, uh, um, room and... Um, I'm trying to think. I've, I've drew cartoons for, for different things. Um, you know, like, uh, like when I was an intern at the Palm Beach Post, I drew a Sunday cartoon for the sports section.
0: Just like a little, like one, one panel thing? One panel
1: thing. Yeah. Okay. And in college, I had a long running strip at the student newspaper. Um, I, I drew editorial cartoons and then I did, uh, 120 some strips for the student newspaper. Oh, wow. So, um yeah and that was to make money um but sure sure but but that was an edge i always had because that was who i was right like right as much as i wore a baseball cap around and as much as i uh you know whatever whatever things people thought of me playing baseball swimming wearing a baseball cap um part of who i was was drawing cartoons sure and so um if they got a kick out of me being able to do their caricature or me slipping them into a a cartoon, um, you know, whether it was in high school or in college, they knew that that, that was me. Right. So, um, so comic books were kind of part of the package. Just like say, I mean, I have, I have Doonesbury books and Bloom County books, um, because those
0: were, those are my favorite comics. I was a Calvin and Hobbes kid. Like Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah.
1: Calvin and Hobbes is special.
0: It's, I, you know, that's that's one of those things that I'm surprised hasn't popped back up like as oh, a cartoon in our or. Oh, I mean, like as a movie or. Well, it's uh, not allowed and, to. He won't do it at all. You know, he won't do
1: any licensing. Interesting. It's like a huge thing is that that's why there aren't Calvin and Hobbes stuffed animals. So he like, just has have everything ever down. seen a Hobbes stuffed animal. Yeah, he won't do the licensing for it.
0: Did he ever give a reason as to why?
1: It's his creations.
0: You license, you lose control. Oh, that makes sense.
1: You know, and that's his world, and I mean, you kind of respect that. I, I uh, um, you know, I would read Calvin and Hobbes to my son when he was little. Yeah, and we would, you know, do the voices, and he can still <laughs> recreate them. And, uh, um, you know, like he, he, uh, he's still Calvin and Hobbes is still like he he in, created a baseball player on MLB the Show named Calvin Hobbes
0: that's that, that's, that, that's that's so dumb. great because it's it's doubles
1: right oh yeah it's perfect. like he
0: hit he hit two of them yeah yeah you know that's good roy stuff. hobbs and, roy hobbs right yeah yeah from the uh, natural for you new guys that yeah don't this know is a movie podcast <laughs> right Everybody's yeah just, see that we talked about movies there, yeah we got no. that out of the way
1: here's a spoiler it
0: was a book first oh my gosh don't tell them that i'm sorry, sorry. yeah
1: that's that people don't want to hear that but uh so yeah, so comics were part of the thing um Let's see. So you're asking. So, um, then the other is Todd McFarlane, as far as artists go. Todd McFarlane forever changed how people draw Spider-Man. And you can even- How people draw? Maybe. Maybe. I, I think, uh, yeah, that's fair. Um, I think, I think it's particularly, um, you know, abundant with, uh, with Spider-Man. I mean, you look at, like, the clean lines and everything like that. And then, I mean, I don't want to say that, like, he completely I think I think it was on the brink. Like you read Spider-Man, like like as of that Lord run that I first got up yeah. through. There's a cleanness and everything like that, but there's still this like at agility and liveness to Spider-Man that was already on the brink. Yeah. And then Todd McFarlane just shoved it over the edge.
0: Yeah. And I I, I hated McFarlane. You hate McFarlane? I, no, no, no. I hated. As a oh. kid, because he didn't look like the Spider-Man that I knew. He didn't look like the, the Ditko Spider-Man. He didn't, you know, yeah. he had, like, he had the webs under it. Well, he had the big eyes, and he had, like, his, his ankle up over his head, and the spider webs were all messy. Yeah, And I was just like, I don't like it. And then looking back, I was like, you are you were a dumb kid. Like, what were you thinking? Because you're right, he did. He changed. I mean, I, I think the closest we've got to McFarlane, in my opinion, is Otley. I think Otley has the Ryan Otley, who's doing the current art on the book, yeah. uh, has it's a style he, which is one of the best best runs of a comic absolutely, ever. absolutely. It's not. It's it, there's no question. No, it's. No I'm, not, I'm excited to see one of the mixed... best
1: one through endings ever. And I, I was lucky enough to to do that. That was one of my monthly comics from the get go.
0: I I jumped on after Corey Walker had left.
1: Oh, Okay.
0: So like issue nine or ten, maybe. Yeah. And yeah. then I went back and uh, it's funny I I met Robert Kirkman years oh, ago. Oh good.
1: Yeah. And yeah. I
0: had a I had a copy of, you know, you're standing in line at San Diego, which is just a a cluster in itself.
1: I don't know. Nope. Never been. Oh,
0: don't you know what? Do it once, just to say that you saw it because yeah. it's it's insane. Uh, so you're standing in line and they're like only you can only have two items signed by. So it was McFarlane and, uh, Kirkman.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so they're like, you can only have two items signed by Robert Kirkman. I was like, okay, so I've got a walking dead number one and I've got an invincible number one. So I set them down and he was like, where did you get these? And I was like, I, I bought them off the rack. And he was like, you should hold on to these. And I was like, yes, yeah, that's, that's the plan. So he signs them. And he's like, what else you got? And I was like, oh no, it's like, it's all right. They have, you know, they said only two. He was he's like, them. I run this show. That's nice. Just give me, give me whatever you want. And I was like, oh, okay. So then I go to McFarlane, mm-hmm. and I met Todd McFarlane when Tony Twist yeah. was suing him. Yeah. my I got a phone call that said, you should come down to the courthouse because Todd McFarlane is here. So I grabbed my uh, ASM 300, I grabbed my Spawn number 1, and my Batman Spawn uh, One-Shot, and I took off to the courthouse. So he signs it, he was super nice, he was super gracious. When I go back and meet him, I was like, hey, I don't know if... you, you know, like, you meet people all the time, I'm sure. I'm like, I met you when I was a kid in St. Louis. And he was like, I've never been to St. Louis. And I was like, yeah. no, you were getting sued. And he was like, wait, were you the kid at the courthouse? And I was like, oh, I cool. was the kid at the courthouse. So he's laughing. He's, he talks to Kirkman. He was like, oh, I, I met this kid when he was, you know, when I was getting sued. And I was like, all right, I'm, thank you. I'm just going to walk away now. That's cool. That's a good story. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, it was... But yeah, like him, and Kirkman already know. I think Walking Dead had already spiked at that point. Yeah. But Invincible hadn't yet, and there's an Invincible movie coming.
1: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah. I think
0: there's a movie and a TV show. How that's going to work? I know that Seth, uh, Rogan, and Evan Goldberg are involved. Uh, the same okay. guys behind Preacher. Uh, so yeah, they they've got a uh, they've got something in the works. But to go back to movies. Yeah. Well, real quick. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I want to
1: answer your question about the writers real quick. So Todd McFarlane, John Romita Jr. by the artists and everything like that. Um, One quick question, then one answer for you. Do you know who wrote? You mentioned Amazing Spider-Man 300. Do you know who wrote it?
0: David Michelin.
1: Yeah, that's right. Okay, well done. Come on, buddy. No, I (laughs) I, I'm not sure if you'd ask me that, I could come up with it. Oh, no, I always have to remind myself because you just think of it as the McFarlane run. Sure. But
0: and I'm gonna three issues in, by the way. That's three issues into his run. That he yeah. creates that character. That's right that's, the, that's that's damn. insane. Yep. Yeah. And now he it's, gets a really bad movie. So you know, well, that's a right. thing. That's a thing that happened. Wait, Venom the movie? Not good. Oh, weird. Didn't, um, not good at all. Should have been rated R. That's the problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, then J M Demate Am I pronouncing that right? Dematias. Yeah. Dematias. Um, he. Uh, I, I'd like for him to you know to. to his run with Spider-Man included The Last Hunt um, and sure. was really strong. And um, under some interesting conditions, too, because they were trying to use Amazing to prop up the other
0: titles. So you, at that point, you had Spectacular?
1: Yeah, PPSSM.
0: Peter Parker, um, Spectacular Spider-Man, yep. Yeah,
1: um And Web of Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Sure, sure, sure. And Web was excellent, um, I thought. Web is underrated. Yeah, I yeah, thought I Webb was really excellent, especially when I went back um, m- m- many, many years ago, um, so 2002, the summer of 2002. Okay. I uh, got done with the hockey season and flew back to Colorado um, just to have a week to unwind. Sure. And uh, went to um, this place called Colorado Coins and Comics. It was just kind of a. It's a comic book store um, that just had such a really eclectic collection. Sure. I'm not gonna say complete, um, but it really tried. And uh, um, so I went there and I just I bought like runs, like. Uh, so they like, just I had I like complete runs stack.
0: stacked together.
1: Yeah. They, well, they had them order um, in order, so you could go, you know, just like you would the long box, and they yeah. had, you know, PPSSM. Here is. You know, you could get number 80 through. So I went back and got the PPSSMs that I didn't have that all featured the the black costume. And then I went and got Webb for the ones that I didn't have as well. Okay. And read those um, during that week, you know, just in just the Just plowed and through them. Just plowed through them. Yeah. And just, you know, because you could get them for a buck. Uh, some of them were a little bit, if they had, a you know, first appearance or were significant, they were slightly more. But, um, you know, you can get most of them for... If not cover price, close to cover price. And, uh, yeah, you know, so I just, I read those and I really enjoyed, you know, the, the, the tone that they tried to set with Web of Spider-Man, which now would seem out of place because it's the tone that you've had for years with Right,
0: Spider-Man. right, right, right. So, it's, did you ever read, uh, what was the, it was a, like an independent, almost an independent style Spider, Spider-Man's Tangled Web. Yes. Which yeah. had some of the greatest, one show, what was the it was yeah, the, yeah. the rhino story?
1: Yep, they had was, little short vignettes.
0: Yeah, but it was yeah. by like independent. I say independent, but it was like non traditional comic book guys, like not not the big two. So like I think the the rhino story had like Duncan Figrito on huh. art. Um, yeah, I think there's some Jim Mafood stuff in there. There is. There's yeah. some Darwin Cook stuff in there. The, uh, that, happy happy that birthday definitely. to the man. Yeah, uh, today's his birthday. Uh. But, yeah, they they had, and they my the one that attract you just call Darwin Cook the man, Darwin Cook is the man,
1: oh, well, well, Sam Musial is the man,
0: all right, the comic book man. There's another man that we'll get to in a minute in a minute, but Darwin Cook is the greatest, probably one of the greatest comic book artists uh, that nobody talks about. in my opinion, they don't talk about him enough, okay, um, he had a he had a style that was very similar to Chris Somney's. It was yes. very simple, but the DC new frontier story that he drew so good is, I mean, top, I'm going to say top five DC stories of all time. Um,
1: uh, changed my view of DC.
0: Oh, excellent. Yeah. yeah. Cause it wasn't about Superman or Batman who were in yep. the story. Don't get me wrong, but it's a Hal Jordan story and it's a yeah. Barry Allen story. Um, but yeah, like that was the, that was the moment where I was like, if I see this guy's name on a book, like it's like, I've bought, the He did a series of Parker novels mm-hmm. uh, that are stunning. Absolutely stunning. Do you know who the, Park, the, the Parker novels are?
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay.
0: So he did adaptations of the first four novels. Interesting. And they're like, I'm not going to say they're digest size, but they are smaller uh, hardbacks. So he did The Hunter. He did, uh, and then whatever, the, the Man with the Getaway Face. And then there's two more. And I think that he was working on one, unfortunately, when he passed away. Hmm. that isn't going to get put out but they are there's a mar- they did a martini edition that's like an absolute edition of all these stories and if you want to drop some cash i that's the book to get because he wrote Ooh. and drew everything and they are phenomenal
1: that's a, uh, that's fascinating okay
0: yeah but the that tangled web book that. the uh the story that got me in was the story by scott levy which okay. was the story about uh the crusher leading up to the fight with spider-man the, oh, the first well, appearance yeah, yeah yeah do you know yeah, yeah. who scott levy yep. is i don't he's a he's a former wrestler by the name of raven so he he worked for the wwe he worked for ecw he worked for wcw so everything in that story is legit like he's talking oh, about the, he's yeah, talking yeah. about the wrestling business and i was just like i scott levy why do i oh it's that's raven. awesome
1: that's like nick foley who, who writes books
0: yeah yeah and i love mcfoley mcfoley's yeah. fantastic yeah uh okay so moving on the the mcu Mm -hmm. has taken over the world there is
1: sure seems that way there's
0: no stopping like i feel like they could put out anything at this point and they will turn it into gold i uh i would hesitate
1: to say that okay and i will offer you one reason one word do it solo
0: oh as in like Uh, the star wars movie yeah. Okay.
1: So here's what, I, what I've what i come to kind of view, and you please push back, all right? Okay. okay. But I thoroughly enjoyed Solo. I loved Solo. And it brought me back to what Star Wars was like that first time seeing it. Like, like I have not enjoyed a Star Wars movie that much since seeing, what, Empire Strikes Back at 7. Okay. You know, it just was so much fun. Fun.
0: That's, and, that's the key word, right? That's the key yeah. word is fun,
1: and that's exactly and what that movie was. M- my son, you know, like Rogue One, excellent movie, really excellent movie. Yes, um, a great heist film, um, well told, well shot, well acted. I just, I that's a good movie. Solo was a romp, Yep. and Solo was a romp in the same. Like, like Rogue One is Infinity War to put it in Marvel context. Rogue One is Infinity War, or um, you know, just a really solid, strong movie. Yeah. Solo is Ant Man, just a romp.
0: Yeah. Just that's just, a very, that's a very good comparison.
1: Yeah. Making it, and well, maybe they had a little bit too much. Fun. Well, okay, yeah, that's. Fair. <laughs> but uh, maybe they didn't have that much fun making it. Yeah. It, right. Right. But um, but that it came out. Yeah. <laughs> and it, and yet it was by a lot of measures a disappointment for and it's now caused, you know, if you read the reports and everything like that, it's caused them to rethink the whole sending out, you know, individual stories and you know this plan for like solo trilogy now is that on the rocks and
0: I think that it know, is. I think that's the deal. I think right. Exactly. Uh, and I I have fandom is wonderful. Yeah. It can be fantastic. But then you get these fans who just refuse to change with the times, right? You know, like this whole the whole Comicsgate thing, uh, forcing these these actresses and actors off Twitter because this isn't exactly what you wanted. It's brutal. It's brutal. It's awful. You know, it's like unacceptable. it is. Yeah. It's absolutely unacceptable. Yeah. So getting that solo movie, and I, you know, like the the reports coming in. You know, I have to kind of keep up on that stuff because we have to do a, a show for it. So the reports coming in initially was like that it was, it's terrible. Like it's the worst. Yeah. It's They were comparing it to the holiday special. Mm-hmm. And you walk out and you're just like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know, yeah. it took a little bit getting used to the kid. I say kid because he's probably younger than I am. But like initially it, that took he took a little bit of getting used to. But I would say 25 to 30 minutes into the movie like he had it. Oh, yeah, no, was, you know, it was perfect,
1: yeah, I think pretty early on in that scene with the worm, he's like, "Oh, wait a minute, nope, he this that's on solo, yeah, that's pretty good, yeah,
0: exactly, that's pretty exactly. well done,
1: and uh yeah, the thing that gets me is, yeah, there was the the fan backlash, um though, when my son and I went to see it, um we we went to one of the early showings of it, and they had just had one right before, okay, so people walked out. And one of the guys goes, You guys going in to see solo? I said, Yep. And he goes, It's the best Star Wars movie I've
0: ever seen. See,
1: that's the way to do it. That's and my son stuff. was like, Wait, what?
0: Because we <laughs> were like,
1: we were braced for it just to be awful. And my, and it like, I went in open minded. I'm a, I'm, I'm good with that. I, I go into some movies with trepidation. I go into some movies expecting the most and then just absolutely getting burnt. Sure. Um, but I, uh, uh he, it changed my son's, Thinking Like, he was going in expecting it to be just Disappointment City. And uh, he's like, how could somebody think, all right, well, I need to give it a chance. Right. And I adored it. But it, it it had such lofty financial standards because it had the Star Wars brand. Right. That maybe it was set up to fail in that regard. Interesting. And that's how I bring up the, the MCU, is at some point in time, and we might be arriving there. We could be. In the near future. In a few months, where oh there no, is... which one?
0: For with Captain In the next Marvel or months? yeah, because Captain... we have what Captain Marvel, yeah. Infinity War Part Two, and that's uh, it, right?
1: No, then you have Far From Home. Is that this year or th- yeah. twenty nineteen rather? Twenty nineteen, okay. It, yeah, it comes okay. about five minutes after Infinity War. Yeah, okay. Um, the uh, so let's say the next year and a half, you there's gonna be one of these titles and i mean it could be captain marvel to be candid maybe
0: i I don't think it will be but i guess it's possible
1: that's set at such a financial threshold for a goal and the expectations are so high that if it doesn't meet those that it's a disappointment meanwhile it could be one of the highest grossing films of all time right like it you know like you know solo did pretty well for a movie
0: yeah it it, it did a
1: lot of money yes it turned a profit so what you know I don't know I just it, because it carried the Star Wars brand it was so it it could not even teeter a little bit and I worried if Marvels getting there cuz you know like Iron Man 3 teetered
0: it did and that's a polarizing movie I personally like it a lot I'm a Shane I'm a Shane Black nerd though so that yeah. was like in my wheelhouse but yeah. I get where people go into that movie and they it says Iron Man 3 and the suit is in the movie for Twenty minutes, right? Fifteen, and then you know? there are, and then there are thirty of them. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, My buddy Kevin Pots goes, he goes, one. well, I think we'll see her again wearing one, come uh, part great. two. Get Don't excited it for me. Get excited. No, so it's interesting, you know that DC. That's not happening, is it? I can neither confirm nor deny. I know oh. she's in it, yeah. so the rescue armor may make an appearance. So, so is the kid from Iron Man Three. Oh, is he? That kid was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh Did you like Iron Man 3 or no? I mean,
1: I I understood where it fit in the scheme of things. I okay. didn't like I think I've seen it. I've seen it once. Okay. So, it, it might be my least watched of
0: What's your least favorite?
1: My least favorite of the MCU. Um that's a great question. Well, I don't know, I have to give it some thought here.
0: I think the one that usually gets thrown out the most is Thor 2.
1: Yeah, I didn't mind that one. I, I actually it, went, it's a
0: setup one. I like it. I actually went back and watched it here recently. Yeah,
1: and and enjoyed it more. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean it's got Doctor Who in it, so that's you're, true. Yeah. Yeah. But your Shane the... Black is my Chris Eccleston. Oh, right. is that right? Yeah. So you oh, love no, Gone in Sixty saying, Seconds?
0: I'm just no, I've never seen that movie. <laughs> he's the bad guy in that movie.
1: Oh, he's also Destro. Is he
0: really? Joe Musiani in the with the Joseph Gordon-Levitt one? Yeah. Oh, okay. spoilers! Joseph Gordon-Levitt's Cobra Commander. Uh yeah. so it's 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 interesting that DC try DC and Warner Brothers have tried to play catch up. Yeah, and have I have a strong theory about this. Have failed miserably. Yes, every step of the way. Yep. Uh, my friend Brian and I both have the, the discussion that Man of Steel is three fourths of a good movie, and then it completely it's the wrong coloring. It completely falls apart. Yep, three fourths of a bad movie. You mean? No, no. It's oh. the wrong coloring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they they missed the boat entirely on what that character is. Yep, yep, uh, yep. You know, like the letting Jonathan Kent die isn't a thing that would ever have happened. Uh, destroying Metropolis because, you know, that looked cool.
1: I had a real problem with that.
0: Uh, I think a lot of people did because that's not who that character is, right? Like that character, it's, as
1: soon as it's he goes through a not what those movies building, are about.
0: No, it's about hope. Yeah. You know, like as soon as he goes through a building and he realizes I'm in trouble, to me, he takes that fight out of Metropolis. Yeah. Space, back to the Kansas farm, wherever he can to avoid innocent people being squished in in this fight. Right. And then BBS anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Back to the fortress. It doesn't matter. He would like the Superman that I know would never have put people in danger not on just purpose. the
1: superman that you know every superhero that you know
0: yeah exactly,
1: exactly. There, there isn't like that's that is that is what the MCU did that was genius is they had repercussions
0: with the the with the S- symbiocore accords and things like that yeah exactly Everything. you know i mean even like you know
1: the, you have damage control at the start of homecoming yeah and how great what was he by the that... way. Oh, amazing. Yeah. 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 Um you know, just to bring that, you know, to bring that in. And I mean it had repercussions. You never saw that in any of the Superman movies. No. There weren't any there weren't any repercussions.
0: No, he they were just like, Well, I guess he's here. Yep. And that's all we can do. But then uh-huh. also like he never He never even He being uh Superman just never tried you know like he was always moping around and you know like you know i like i like the scene where he's bouncing from job to job you know like there's that great mark wade uh lionel u maxi series called birthright where it's it's, a good one it's hit it's clark trying to figure out where he what he's supposed to do right right you know like he's a amateur reporter where he's going to like i think he's in uh south africa or africa working with um uh like a, a a community leader who is threatening the status quo of what, wherever they are. Mm -hmm. And he's forced to become Superman. Yeah. And then we don't, you know, you don't see the, the big red S until like three or four issues in. Right. But you're, but you, but they build that character. They, they make you, you know, they make him, uh, love human life and want to protect it and not just throw general Zod through six buildings and hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah. May I offer up my theory?
1: Yeah. On this? Okay. So I think that, uh, I think there are two prongs to my theory. One is is pretty obvious, is the Dark Knight trilogy by Christopher Nolan is the best and worst thing to ever happen to DC. You are preaching to the choir. All right. The other one is that the, the conscious decision that Marvel made at the very beginning of this, um, I find seminal. And also I find it very interesting because of what you and I, um, even though we're of different generations, what you and I both experienced when we were first buying our comics and you brought it up at the very beginning like when you read marvel you you mentioned that you thought you were re- like it was this is for the older kids this is the yeah. adults yeah. and when i read dc i said this doesn't exist in the real world i have no interest in this I interesting don't, i i i don't know where and i was just recently talking with a friend about this um you know gotham to me was chicago metropolis was new york but that's that's not right those are the way i always felt it was too yeah and i thought well batman belongs in chicago but these aren't real places sure and they this is a this is a world that i transport into that i can't relate to and i am not going to have the millions that batman has i'm not going to have i'm not going (laughs) to be an alien or anything but but there were attributes that i could um, appreciate in Marvel or that I could Relate to I could relate to Peter Parker You know the the X-Men as The metaphor for The civil rights movement yeah was so Strong and resonated so Much with me because it allowed me to have something To talk with my mom about and You know I, I just so it, it, it was very much like you Described like there was a grittiness And a griminess To the Marvel comics that Had an adult tinge to it. it. It was, it was prestige comics. That's what we would call it now, right? Yeah. It's HBO exactly right. comics. Yes. Yeah. Okay. HBO comics. Yeah. Right. So, and then, you know, and, and then, and then DC was the TJI Friday lineup, right? DC. Yeah. It was the Applebee's. Yeah. That's right. It was yeah. the Applebee's. Okay. Yeah. And when Marvel made their movies, they made a conscious effort to make the tone of the movies more like DC comics and when dc made the movies they made a conscious effort apparently for no good reason to make their movies the tone of marvel comics it's like it's like dc decided you know you know what's not out there you know what people aren't doing enough frank miller's daredevil on the big screen <laughs> that's what they're not doing let's do that and and you know what it worked for the dark knight trilogy it worked for the dark knight trilogy and that's, that's it 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 worked for the for that moment in time with those actors, that director, and that character.
0: It was a it was a it was a
1: perfect storm. There is only one worked. other comic character, in my opinion, that you could do that with, and he does not have the mainstream appeal to pull off a trilogy, and that's and that Daredevil.
0: Be... If you, did, I think he does. I see. I think he he might now.
1: I, I think but, he does now. Yeah, he might now, but if you do back then. Like you go, okay, we're going to do a, you go to the movie studio and say, we're going to do a three part series, uh, three, a trilogy in Hell's Kitchen. And it's going to be the arc of, you know, Daredevil against Kingpin. Oh. And eventually it's going to come out. I mean, if you, I mean, you can line it up with the Dark Knight trilogy. You could do a Daredevil trilogy with the sure. same character arc. Um, they
0: did it though. That's the problem. The right. show is that. Oh yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, but
1: but that's my point is like it doesn't I'm not sure that it's, you know, on Netflix, it works. I'm not sure you pack the movie house for a Daredevil. You pack the movie house for Batman. Sure, sure. And you pack the movie house for Batman versus Joker. Uh, Yeah. So I that's my that's my little pet theory. I know that it's not revolutionary, but that the D.C. went awry when it said, you know what? We need to make Marvel movies. And Marvel made the wise move to say, we need to have some of DC's spirit in our movies.
0: It's interesting. So we've said on the show that Marvel and Kevin Feige have figured out this formula to bring in these different genres of movies and mold them to the MCU. Right. So you've got Iron Man and we just like we need a he's a fast talking, quick witted guy. Who do we get that could do that? Oh, we get the guy that did swingers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yep. we we have a faux British uh, superhero who talks in this with this uh, different cadence. Who do we get to do that? Um. Do we get the guy that did Macbeth. Yeah. You know, we have a that's World War an underrated II underrated movie. movie. By the way, I agree. So the first Thor is very underrated. Yep. Uh, the Captain. The we have a World War II story. Who do we get that could do that? On you know that's reasonable. When we get the guy that did the Rocketeer. Yeah. You know, like. So we we what character could we set in a John Hughes, uh, style thing? Um, Spider Man. We could put Spider Man in high school and make it a John Hughes movie. You know, and Captain America Two is a is like all the President's Men, where it's a conspiracy flick. That's so they've yeah yeah that's the pinnacle to me. Uh, Captain America Two is the best. That's the best they've done in my opinion.
1: Captain America is. Uh... That is that is a great movie, yeah.
0: That's, that's
1: a great trilogy, all three of oh them. Oh my gosh, that's the best of the that's the best run of their group. And now, and now I fear that it's in stone that it's the best of it. You know, there for a moment, Guardians of the Galaxy three could well, that's not yeah, but it's not going to happen.
0: I think if it happens, you know, James Gunn's a hometown guy, yeah. so I'm always rooting for him. I'm happy to see him going jump into DC and maybe sticking it to him a little bit. Uh, obviously the tweets were what they were from 10 years ago. Maybe his publicist should have said, you might want to delete those. Um, but I, I don't think that movie needs to be put into anybody else's hands. The only one that comes even close is, uh, is Taika Waititi. Oh yeah. He was, yeah. Ragnarok was excellent. Yeah. He's the only guy that I think could capture exactly what James Gunn did, uh, for a third movie. Cause I think there is a script.
1: I, uh, I, I'm not sure I agree.
0: No? I, I think there's other folks out there.
1: Um. Mike? Oh, gosh, now you put him on the spot. But here's a wacky <laughs> one. Um, the guy who did Scrubs, the actor from Scrubs who did Garden State. Yeah. Zach Braff. Yeah, Zach Braff. Do Garden okay. State Guardians of the Galaxy. You're okay. Yeah, I could see that. That would be interesting. Yeah. You do That's that. A good move. you do, you'll do alright. I, I think, I, you know, I think there's, I think, Somewhat of that is is a snowball rolling downhill already with Chris Pratt, um, yeah, sure. you know, and the mo- and the music and the role that that plays in it, and you know, and just the characters in general. I think some of it, the momentum is already there, so you just have to hop aboard, right? Um, but I but I I think that there are skilled directors out there who we've seen who know how to tell a good story and embroider it with humor and music and catch you sleeping on the plot and then it all
0: hits you it's interesting as a non-st louis person that you identify with the music as well
1: i get called that a lot why 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 is that interesting
0: so that so that first that opening song yeah from the guardians yeah you it doesn't it never made it it was never a hit anywhere outside of st louis right so, like, as soon as it comes on, I'm just like, hey, I know this song. But
1: we had radios where I was.
0: Well, sure. But I feel like St. Louis and Kansas City, like, there's there are songs that are, like, uh, ingrained into a region that were hits only in that region. And I huh. think James Gunn, uh, being from this area, like, as a St. Louis kid watching this movie, these are all songs that were played on Casey when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, they so were all played a... on KBPI. For me. Okay. Oh, they were.
0: Yeah. Even the opening song. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and played by my cousins and some of them played by my dad. And Really. Yeah, played on KIMN um, with okay. Paxton Mills in the morning. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, these are all songs that I knew. I mean, some of them are AM rock. Um, right. Sure. You know, and that was KIMN in Denver with uh, okay. the Kim Chicken who walked me to school one day. Long story. Is
0: that a, is that a thing? That's a. They have a mascot chicken oh, not uh whatever the K.C. mascot is i don't know what the casey mascot. oh the dog no the pig pig
1: okay that's, yeah it's pig. a pig whatever yeah it's a pig with sunglasses uh,
0: yeah it's, it is a pig with sunglasses you're yep.
1: right sweet uh, meat that's what it's called sweet meat oh there you go
0: Man, yeah no,
1: no no those are all those are all familiar songs to me and now they're okay. all familiar songs to my son for the same reason is yeah you know you you they you listen to them so no i don't i mean I, i'm not well versed enough in what was a hit or what wasn't a hit um, okay. but none of those were foreign to me and it had everything to do with KBPI, um, KIMN AM and my cousins and my dad, like my older cousins, you know, they would have that music on and they would, you know, they would come to Colorado to get Coors cause you could only get <laughs> there at the time. And, you know, and we would, I would think that they were the coolest guys going, man.
0: That was uh yeah drinking drinking Bush and uh, listening to Casey in the eighties with uh if you could imagine my dad in like eighty style shorts yeah no. barbecuing on the back deck <laughs> see
1: there you go yeah so I I, I yeah I, that music is more universal I'm gonna guess than
0: that's interesting I always like as I'm listening to it I just assumed especially that first well, I can't remember the name of that first song but that first which, song which was, song are you talk- which... so when with Kurt Russell young Kurt Russell is driving in Missouri. Uh, with Star-Lord's Mom. Oh, you're talking about two? Yes, yes. Yes, yeah, I'm sorry, okay. part two.
1: Okay. Like,
0: that song was a massive song here in town.
1: Right, okay.
0: But, like, you went to, you know, Kansas, you, or you went to Detroit, or you went to Chicago, maybe not so much.
1: Right, right. Kind of like,
0: Sammy, uh, back to Sammy Hagar. Like, Sammy Hagar plays in, I don't know, Florida, and he can fill a maybe, what, 8,000-seat arena? He comes to St. Louis, he's selling out Scott trade or enterprise, whatever you want to call it. Right. So yeah, I think we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time out. I.
1: Oh no problem. No problem. Happy to do it.
0: And again, do you have let's let's plug some stuff. So what else you've got? The the post obviously.
1: Yeah, the post dispatch coverage there. Um, scltoday.com. Um, sort of a quiet week here that we're coming up, um, or quiet period in baseball, um, but it all starts revving up, I guess, probably a little bit after Thanksgiving. Um, into the winter meetings and we'll have tons of coverage from the winter meetings there in Las Vegas. Um, that's the first few weeks of December. Um, so yeah, SDLtoday.com. There's the chat every Monday there. Um, we're coming up on one where I'll host it on Monday. Um, that tends to be a free for all, uh, of cardinal, um, arguments. And, you know, then, uh, um, we have the podcast, the best podcast in baseball. We're getting close to year seven of the best podcast. Oh, doing the show, baseball? look at
0: you guys—that's fantastic. Yeah, um, that's great. It's a very good podcast, by the way.
1: Well, thanks. It, I, yeah, I, I, I'm always looking for ways to improve it. So, um, you know, I, I really, I, I people probably don't think I'm sincere, but I am. I like go and read the reviews of it because I'm like, all right, what can I do? How can I do this? And I listen to other podcasts, trying to figure out like, all right, what can, how can we improve this? What do people want? Um, you know, what, what. What can we do better? And I wish, I wish that I could get more into an audio storytelling type. Sure. The, uh, the time just isn't there. So that's the goal. Eventually, maybe, maybe I'm able to pull that off. Um, Ooh. but for now, we'll, we'll go through it. Um, I was looking through here. Um, my, uh, my friend and I, you'd be interested in this. J. Yeah. AJ Bailey, who, who uh, writes about sports here in St. Louis. Um, we came up with, we thought, you know, everybody in baseball, uh, I you were asking me about the plug stuff, and I was feverishly looking through my notes trying to find this, and I finally <laughs> did as you asked me this question um, everything in baseball is you know a- analytics, right so there's a metric for everything sure and so we're like, what if we took that same approach that they used to find the value or true value of pitching and the true value of hitting and applied that to uh, movies okay. okay we uh we came up with a scale here, five step. You know, there's five categories. One is the, and this is for particularly for for uh, for superhero movies. So okay. into the wheelhouse, all right. So one is impact on genre. Two is cinematic quality. Three is faithfulness to a source. Four is casting proficiency. And five is like kind of the encore encore quotient. Like how often do you want to watch it again and again? Okay. Um, you know, because that's part of the fun, right? Like absolutely, uh, absolutely something. So something can be great and you watch it once and you're exhausted by it. That's not necessarily the idea here. Um, so those are pretty clear, like the impact on genre, what did it do to the overall genre, uh, cinematic quality, how good of a movie it actually was faithfulness to source, meaning how true to the original comic or source material was it? Um, casting proficiency makes sense. Okay. So encore. Um, and so everything is on a 10 point scale. Um you can have like, uh, like casting proficiency, right? two movies can share a ten, okay, okay, but cinematic quality um and impact to genre, I'm sorry, impact to genre, there can't be multiple tens, so you only get one ten, you only get one ten, yeah, okay you know and and so every new movie kind of you have to if it has any sort of impact, you kind of have to reshuffle it, you know? so we'll say
0: if Captain Marvel comes out or when Captain Marvel comes out and that is a ten, yeah you can shuffle the previous ten to the nine right right okay that's right do you do point like nine point five or just so straight? we talked about that we talked <laughs> about that um
1: uh we uh one one of the one of the reasons why that came up is because of Black panther sure is you know how does that fit into the so maybe we're revisiting it but um but so we uh we went through this here recently um and uh yeah as you'd expect you know like I mean, I think, you know, some of them, some of them, you know, like Thor Ragnarok, what impact on the genre did that really have? But, Uh, you know, I mean, it introduced sort of a whimsical taco with Titi to it. it, It's
0: true. It did. Yeah, very
1: much so. um, A technicolor kind of, um, it certainly brought
0: out Thor's comedic side in a good way. Which it doesn't get talked about enough. And Hemsworth is very funny. And it could make that,
1: I mean, it could make Hemsworth the longest-serving um, character, right?
0: Of maybe, maybe, yeah.
1: Because Thor could outlast everybody, and Hemsworth yeah. continues well, and, on.
0: We know that we're probably going to lose Captain America.
1: Right, and probably. Iron Man.
0: Maybe. See, if, they're, if if Disney were smart, they could just be like, can you just phone in your dialogue, and we'll just put it into, like, the new Jarvis?
1: Yeah, well, that'd be something. But,
0: but I think we're going to lose Chris Evans. Yeah, I mean it sure sounds that way,
1: and but Hemsworth could go on, and if Hemsworth goes on, one of the big reasons why will be Ragnarok.
0: I agree completely,
1: um, because of how that informed even what he became in four. So anyway, so this is uh, so I thought you'd appreciate that, you know. That, I do. We, um, so we went through, uh, you know, like uh, some surprise movies, maybe, um, you know, obviously Dark Knight does well. I mean, oh, you this, went
0: you went full superhero across the board.
1: We did everything. Yeah. Oh,
0: buddy. All right.
1: Yeah, we did them did all. Did you get
0: to Dolph Lunger and the Punisher?
1: We did not go back that oh, okay. far. Right. Um, however, um, a sleeper to score very high on this. Yeah. And because, and one of the reasons why I score so high is because it, um, it allowed for the Marvel, for the MCU to exist. Okay. And slingshot, and just was the slingshot that brought... Um, that showed that you could make a popular comic book movie, a popular comic book hero, and a great movie all at once, that this was possible. Uh huh. Spider Man 2.
0: Oh, hands down. Out of the, out of the stuff that is non MCU related, mm-hmm. that has to be one of the best.
1: Yeah. And it scores really high. Yeah. Because of, the, because of its impact on the genre and all the other stuff. I mean, it's a quality movie and, um, you know, it it its faithfulness to the source was really good. Sure. Um, you know, it became this love story for the villain which, you know, oh, brought yeah. the conflicted villains later in the MCU. I mean, it just it made it all work. Yeah, um, I agree. And then another one that scored really high is uh um is Deadpool.
0: The first one. Oh, speaking of that, I'm glad you said that. Are you going to take the kiddo to the PG-13 Deadpool? Uh, he already saw the- Oh, well, never mind then. <laughs> The Deadpool two. Okay.
1: Um, lots of conversation in our family.
0: I bet there them. was. I bet there was. This one yeah. apparently they're going to bookend it, uh, Princess Bride style, with Deadpool reading a story to Fred Sav- Fred Savage.
1: Yes, I am looking. I will like. Are they going to show that in theaters?
0: Oh yeah. This is uh, this I is this is Marvel's. That. I think this is uh, Disney and Marvel's test to see if Deadpool can work in a PG thirteen environment. That's what I think.
1: Well, Venom taught us maybe you can't.
0: Uh. Critically, yes. Financially, no. Doesn't matter, right? Yeah. I mean, financially, that thing is—I mean, it made more money than Justice League.
1: Yeah, which is insane I've never seen to me. Justice League, don't.
0: Like, just you can just never I mean, saw it. Yeah, it's for the best. That and Titanic, I've never seen. I've never seen Titanic. Look at that. So, so yeah. So we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll wrap this up. Once yeah, again, I just wanted to follow. share that
1: with you. No, we did. No, that's call.
0: fantastic. Yeah, like I maybe send me something and I will send that to the boys and see what they think.
1: All right. Uh, well, uh put it all together on napkins okay. and in a notebook. <laughs>
0: yeah, right. Uh once again you can follow the show at Real Spoilers. That's real with two E's uh across all social media platforms. Don't forget to sign up for the Patreon for the low, low cost of five dollars a month. You get the interview with Derek, you get the interview with Rich Hanley, you get uh all of the inter- all of the extra podcasts. Uh, I believe we're gonna record one on Suspiria here in a little bit. Die Hard, uh Halloween Halloween two because that's my jam and I talked the guy into doing it. Uh, again, and don't forget to join up for the League of Show Shares. It's a better place to join the conversation. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Joey Butts T S twenty one. And Derek, do you want to give out your social media info?
1: I am at D Gould on Twitter, and then uh, it's uh, Derek Gould's Birdland on Facebook. Um, Instagram is I don't know. I think it's at D Gould on Instagram too. Perfect. Uh, yeah. And that that's it. Those are those are that's it. Hey, we didn't even talk about Tom King or Mr. Miracle or any. We could have gone on forever.
0: I you know what? I have a feeling there's going to be a part two. Okay. Yeah. Of of the Derek Gould comic spin rack episodes. Yeah,
1: we we should. We should we should dive into some of the more modern or some of the current writers. We could just talk for 45 minutes about Tom King.
0: I could talk for. Yes, you're right, because he's awesome. You should read his Superman story. The only way you can get it is in the Walmart comics that I'm having to buy. I
1: uh, read it when he posted uh, some of the pages on Twitter.
0: It's awesome. It's fantastic. He's
1: really good. All right,
0: good. we gotta we I gotta wrap it up. You're gonna we're gonna talk for another three hours. All right, all right, all right. Thanks, guys. See you later.